Welcome to The Power of Digital Policy, a show that helps digital marketers, online communications directors, and others throughout the organization balance out risks and opportunities created by using digital channels. Here's your host, Christina Podner. Welcome, everybody. As we all know, global marketing is full of perils, but also opportunities if you know how to find the balance and define the associated digital policies. To help us shed light on finding the right balance is Catherine Boosman. Catherine's the head of Verbacino, an international marketing consultancy which helps businesses leverage today's global, social, and multilingual marketplace. Based in Toronto, Catherine is the host of the Worldly Marketer podcast, co-founder and manager of Women in Localization Eastern Canada, and she's also a member of the Globalization and Localization Association and of the Global Chamber. Catherine, thanks again for uh, being here with us today. It's great to have you. And honestly, I'm just very humbled and honored because sometimes it's easier, not easy, but easier to find individuals who can talk to us about globalization and internationalization, but it's always in the context of enterprises. And you're the rare breed that has lived and breathed this with small businesses. So what a pleasure it is to have you today. Uh, well, it's it's my pleasure to be on your podcast, Christina, and uh, kudos for for launching this podcast. I think it's uh, it's very unique, and I don't see anyone else doing a podcast on this topic. It's very a very important topic, and you're doing a fantastic job with it. I'm so impressed. So uh, so keep going. It's uh, it's just very inspiring to to watch you launch this podcast and and grow it. Well, thank you. The idea actually came from a conversation with you uh, last summer in much warmer weather, and uh, you planted a bug in me. So thanks for doing that <laughs> and being the catalyst. So uh, I really appreciate that. Well, so, yeah, it's my pleasure. I, I you know, and and it's um, I, I just since your since our interview that we did for my podcast uh, uh, back in July, I think of last year, um, this this topic of digital policy has sort of been a lot more um, present in my own mind. I, it's not something I, I was really that conscientious of before in terms of uh, following current issues around that topic. But uh, now, of course, I, I, I pay much closer attention. So so you're doing a good job, Christina, of uh, raising awareness. <laughs> well, thank you. I think we all need to raise our awareness, and I include myself in that as well. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about as we were preparing to speak today is I need to actually raise my own awareness. And I think a lot of us need to raise our own awareness around the nuances and the differences between things like globalization and localization, which is an area of your expertise. And so I'm wonder if you can maybe start us off with a definition of those so we can all be on the same page, so to speak. Well, so globalization is a, a word that um, sometimes has some negative connotations, but uh, all it really means is that you're taking a global perspective and you realize that we are living in a global marketplace now. Whether we like it or not, that's not going anywhere, especially now in the era of uh, digital everything. And so uh, it's it's just a fact that we live in a global marketplace now. And so companies who want to leverage that uh, will think in terms of their global strategy, including when it comes to marketing, um, because why not? Why not uh, make take advantage of the fact that you can now connect with uh, potential customers all over the world? You just need a strategy and you need to know how to reach those customers. Uh, that's where marketing comes in, of course. And then, you know, you have to think about how you're going to take care of those customers in the same way that you would take care of your own domestic customers. So um, yeah, that's, that's the kind of the globalization part. 
but the, the, the localization part comes in when you realize that mm, just because you can reach out to people all over the world doesn't mean that you're going to automatically and, and easily connect with them. So you have to you have to go to the local level and you have to look at their own cultures, their own languages and environments and and what you're going to need to do to adapt to those things. Uh, you can't just copy and paste your approach that you're using in your home market and expect it to work everywhere else. Uh, it's not going to work. Uh, you know, you might have some success in other perhaps English language uh, markets if, if you're coming from a, a U.S. Um, you know, point of origin, for instance, but uh, ultimately, even even with other English language markets, you're going to have to do some localization to be able to uh, really serve potential customers there, and that includes, you know, obvious things like uh, making sure that they can purchase your products or services in their own currency. You know, you're not going to expect them to pay pay you in in your currency. You have to uh, make it easy for them to to do business with you, uh, and and your marketing materials also have to be tailored as much as possible to their preferences, you know, including language. So there's probably going to be some translation involved. Uh, and, and even with other language, uh, other English language markets, uh, there's going to be some uh, localization in terms of the language, you know, orthography, <laughs> as we know, varies, uh, you know, between the US and the UK. Um, expressions, you know, common colloquial expressions are different from uh, one English language market to the next. Um, you know, there can be, there's lots, there's lots of room for misunderstanding, misunderstandings and miscommunications. And even, even in markets that are very much, uh, you know, familiar with the U.S. Uh, culture and uh, they, they get a lot of, uh, you know, American movies and, and other pop culture uh, served to them on a regular basis and, and they, they get it, they understand. It makes such a difference if you're seen to be making an effort to adapt your marketing messages and your delivery of that market, those marketing messages to the local culture, so that uh, people feel like you're you're you understand them and you, and you're, you care about connecting with them. So yeah, so that's where localization comes in, and that's really the secret sauce for any successful global marketing campaign. So is it an all or nothing proposition? Is it a situation where you either kind of take a global campaign approach or you localize content or can you do a mixture of the two? Well, I mean, I think, it, first of all, I think it depends a little bit on on what uh, type of sector you're in and it depends on, you know, whether you're uh, B2B versus B2C. I think in, in the B2B category, you have a better chance of being able to do less um, less localization because uh, if, if you're if you're targeting other businesses, especially at the enterprise level, there is uh, a reasonable expectation that uh, the jargon is pretty similar from one market to the next. You might even be able to get away with um, you know serving serving up all your marketing materials in the original English. Uh, you might have to tweak it, tweak your materials here and there for for um, content to make it um, applicable to the the locale that you're targeting. But uh, you know, when you when you get to B to C, uh, just assume that you're going to have to translate and that you're going to have to adapt your your marketing, maybe even your product itself, to the local market. Uh, and that's just part of, of uh, a global strategy. It's not one or the other, really. It's, it's, it's more about, you know, who's your target customer? The, the more, uh, I guess, um, enterprise level, <laughs> business level your target customer is, uh, the more you can probably 
uh, do some cut, uh, copy and pasting, right, of, of your, your uh, domestic marketing strategy. But as soon as you get into, you know, people's homes and people's daily routines and people's uh, cultural preferences, uh, you got to pay attention to the details of the local culture that you're trying to target and uh, and integrate that into your marketing. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, it, it's not really an either or. It's really about finding that balance and um you know, realizing that basically it comes down to, you know, the, the number one rule of marketing, know, know your customer. What, what's going to work best to get your customers, your target customers' attention and gain their trust, gain their, uh, you know, goodwill towards your brand and, and uh, do your research, you know, what, what is it going to take in, in that market? In a lot of enterprises, there are more people and more resources, so they can be doing more research around customers in different locales and trying to understand how to adapt that strategy. But for smaller businesses, that's probably not going to be the case. So can you share maybe a few things that small organizations can do to get their global marketing right? Well, uh, I think start small. (laughs) You know, when we talk about global marketing, um, we don't necessarily mean that you're going to target everyone everywhere in every country in the world, right? That's not how it works. Global can be as simple as expanding into one new target market at a time. So maybe start with um, something that's going to be a relatively easy win, uh, either because it's a similar culture, similar language. Uh, But again, don't make any assumptions. There's still going to be differences. But start with, um, you know, a market where you have the best chance of success. Start with that one market and and budget accordingly. Uh, be realistic about your budget, right? So so don't uh, don't spread your marketing resources too thin. You know, in each country that you're trying to market your products or services, you have to be prepared to invest at least the same amount of financial and human resources, right? As you've been investing in your home market. Um, for most foreign markets, your success is going to depend on delivering a localized customer experience and perhaps even a, um, a localized uh, product, right? So that usually quite often involves translation. Um, don't don't cheap out on the translation services. Uh, make sure you're using qualified professional translation services. There are plenty of horror stories out there of companies who, you know, trying to cut corners have used uh, Google Translate or, uh, you know, um, Bill, who works in accounting, who happens to speak another language, right? Uh, it, it's that is not a wise strategy. Uh, invest in a professional translation service, and it is an investment. You have to look at it that way. And then uh, also, you know, from a marketing perspective, make sure that you're going to also have some sort of support uh, or consultation with uh, marketers that are in country in in the in the target market that you're aiming for. Because um, engaging an agency, a marketing agency, or having people in the marketing department of your company who have never been to this target market, who are who don't live there, who don't really understand the, the culture, who are not immersed in it, that's that's not going to be very helpful. You, you really do need someone on the ground in that country who understands what is going to work marketing-wise and what's not going to work. And so... You should plan to engage those people. You should seek them out. And then ideally, I mean, uh, you should, you know, if if you're ready to expand internationally, you should be prepared to have a person in-house who is going to own the 
global marketing side of things, who is going to take the lead on, on that and who is going to have an overview of your global marketing strategy, who understands that strategy, who understands the brand, who owns all that, and who can manage the different vendors that you're going to be working with to make it a success. So someone, at least one person, it doesn't have to be a whole team, but at least one person in-house who owns the uh, global marketing uh, part and who can liaise between uh, your in-house marketing team and your uh, external vendors with whom you're working to make it successful. Want to know more about digital policy and how to minimize risk and maximize opportunity for your organization? Get the Power of Digital Policy book available on Amazon. And so in that context, what should organizations be looking for when they're actually looking for a partner to help them out and to maximize that global reach? What should they really be looking for on the ground? You mentioned a few examples of, you know, knowing the language, the culture, et cetera, but is there a checklist maybe that uh, that people should have in hand and think about? Well, um, from a marketing perspective, I mean, um, I think a great place to start uh, looking for the right people to work with uh, these days is, is probably LinkedIn, right? It's the easiest place to start. Uh, everyone who would be probably worth working with, who is reputable, who has, you know, good connections and experience is on LinkedIn now. So uh, it's it's actually your best sort of search tool. And then you can narrow down your search to people who are really specialized in, in your sector, uh, because ideally you want to be working with people who understand your industry and, and who have worked with other uh, companies in, in that industry. And so that's one way to narrow down your search. You'll, and then, of course, uh, people who are intimately familiar with the, the, the markets that you're targeting. Uh, that's the next way. And, you know, those people might be freelancers. They might be independent consultants. They might be small agencies. Uh, you might end up working with a larger company, right, a, a localization company that has all these services that you're going to be needing all sort of under one roof. And, and that's, that can be very uh, convenient. But the main thing is you need to make sure that they have a demonstrated area of specialization in in your vertical, that they're up to date on all the issues that come with expanding into that market. uh, And that they, you know, if it's an agency that they work with really in-country experts, whether it's uh, translators or or marketers, uh, so that you are um, really going to be able to be as effective your your dollars your your marketing dollars will be as effective as they can be uh, and not um, spent on on things you don't need or or in ways that are not going to be effective for you on the ground in those markets so I mean that's one way to find people another way, way of course is to attend relevant conferences and you know when it comes to um, localization for instance I mean there's some excellent conferences that um, you know, are, are industry specific, but they're, they're very much uh, open to client side uh, people who are looking to find the right vendors. So one of those uh, would be, for instance, uh, Loke World, which is short for localization. Loke World is a conference that happens uh, three times a year. Um, they usually always have um, a North American edition, a European edition, and uh, an Asian edition, uh, typically. So uh, those conferences are extremely helpful because uh, all the vendors go there and you can you can talk to them you can see who's doing what and and you know how they can help you and and who's sort of 
maybe best suited to work with you given your your particular target markets and your the vertical that you're in. Another good conference to check out is uh, the the Gala annual conference. Uh, Gala is uh, the Globalization and Localization Association. So uh, they have an annual conference, which is actually about to happen now in in, in March in San Diego. And again, uh, very, very helpful for client-side uh, people of that industry. Um, you, you just need to pick someone who really understands your industry and, and the issues involved and, and who understands the, what the competition is up to also in that industry. Uh, be very skeptical, I would say, of vendors who claim to be experts uh, in every vertical. <laughs> They're out there. There's lots of them. And uh, it's just, you know, it's hard to be a specialist in every vertical, let's face it. So. Uh, be kind of a little skeptical of, of, of those uh, agencies who claim expertise in everything and anything and who will offer you, uh, for instance, translation services in, in any language, you know, under the sun. So that's that's usually not what you're looking for. You, you want specialists. And, uh, and sometimes those specialists come in the form of, of uh, you know, very small agencies and freelancers. What would you say are sort of the budgetary considerations that people ought to think about? If somebody is looking to kind of expand their marketplace, is there a rule of thumb in terms of how much they should be looking to invest? What should organizations be setting aside in terms of budget in your experience? So as a rule of thumb, I would say, you know, for each new market that you're planning to enter, be prepared to invest at least the same amount of money the same amount of you know human resources as you have been investing for your own domestic market. Uh, you can't just, as I said, you can't just copy and paste your domestic marketing strategy or even your domestic uh, marketing collateral onto a foreign market and expect to succeed. Uh, you also can't just have a budget to launch in the new market, but then not follow up with sort of ongoing marketing efforts, right? So building your brand in a new market is going to take you at least as much time as it did in your home market. And so it's a long game and you're, and it's not a one-time investment. Uh, once you kind of launch in a new market, it's, it's going to have to be part of your budget every year. And uh, just like in your home market, you're going to have to think about how you're going, going to provide, uh, you know, good customer service for those new customers in those new markets. Um, so in essence, you need to allocate the, the, the at least the same level of resources for each new market that you're planning to enter. And it's kind of like launching your business all over again, but just in a new market that you're not as familiar with, right? So, so allocate your resources accordingly. And if that means just targeting one new market at a time, and making that a success before moving on to the next market, then that's how you need to approach it. Don't don't stretch yourself too thin. That's really great advice. And oftentimes, you know, we run across some of the websites that have been uh, run through Google Translate, and it makes my hair stand up. I can't imagine what it does for you. <laughs> well, Google Translate is a great tool for certain things, uh, including, you know, um, sort of in the moment uh, communications, perhaps with with people that you're on the phone with or, or emailing just to get a sense of what's what they're trying to communicate to you. But anything that's public facing uh, for like, for instance, for marketing communications, please stay away from Google Translate. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not a good idea. Uh, it will get you in trouble. Uh, and remember that your most important, your most valuable asset is your brand. So the last thing you want to do is do damage to your brand as you're trying to enter a new market. And you can do a lot of damage to your brand by using substandard, uh, you know, 
translation services or, or using Google Translate or, or not taking the time to do market research, not taking the time to, uh, you know, engage with in-country marketing experts who will be able to tell you ahead of time whether this campaign that you're about to launch is going to be potentially quite successful or whether, oops, you know, there's actually something really offensive in there that you weren't aware of because you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, catch that in time before you do damage to your brand. So that's why it's so important to work with in-country experts. And sometimes when we're working with in-country experts, it still might be hard to understand where some of the minds are, if you will. I'm thinking about you know some of the headlines that we've seen and that we're both familiar with in terms of China versus Taiwan, for example, where a company might have a presence in both countries, but China certainly considers Taiwan part of its country. How do organizations deal with that? Well, it's funny you should mention that because <laughs> I, I was just uh, doing an interview with someone who's a, a marketing expert uh, based in Hong Kong. And that was exactly one of the questions I asked was, uh, you know, how should Western brands approach? Um, what's the best way to approach this uh, this potential minefield of uh, how, how do you refer to Taiwan versus Hong Kong? And, you know, in relation to China, in the way you've got your, let's say, your website set up for, for different um, countries where there's a sort of a pull-down menu for the country you're in or whatever, um, you know, all, all the way to marketing messaging. It's, it's, it's uh, potentially quite um, tricky. And uh, the long and short of it is if, if, you're, if you're hoping <laughs> to do any kind of business in China, uh, toe the line. Like, don't, don't treat Taiwan and Hong Kong like separate countries. They are part of China. They are part of the whole. Uh, and so you should uh, sort of refer to them as such. Well, definitely a lot of things to consider here for many businesses, whether they're small or large. I think uh, a lot of the lessons and insights that you shared with us are applicable to both, but really great to have you provide that perspective, especially for small businesses that are struggling. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, lots of implications for digital policies from what do you translate? When do you translate it? How do you localize it, which goes beyond translation into localizing content to the cultural and business norms of the country? Um, things like China versus Taiwan versus Hong Kong and making sure that you even do the quote unquote small things like labeling of countries correctly. Lots to think about, lots of policy uh, implications there. So Catherine, a big, big thank you for getting us started. And uh, we'll be thinking about these issues some more, but we're definitely only starting that. And so I hope you'll come back and join us again for another conversation. I would love to, Christina. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Thank you again. Thank you for joining the Power of Digital Policy. To sign up for our newsletter, get access to policy checklists, detailed information on policies, and other helpful resources, head over to thepowerofdigitalpolicy.com. If you get a moment, please leave a review on iTunes to help your digital colleagues find out about the podcast. 